This is Dr. Saba Maruf, and you are listening to Unsung Heroes, uncovering stories of inspiration and action here on Podcast Detroit. of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Achilles and his gifts, Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fist, and clearly I don't see myself upon that list, but she said, where do you want to go, how much you want to risk, I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts, some superhero, some fairy tale bliss, just something I can turn to, somebody I can kiss, I want something just like this, And welcome back to another episode of Unsung Heroes, Stories to Inspire, here on the Podcast Detroit Network. I am your host, Dr. Saba Maruf, and our purpose is to share stories of uh, ordinary people and extraordinary people, really, um, who've been sparked by their passion to become movers, shakers, changemakers, um, activists, um, you know, different ways that unique these unique people have uh leave an impact and how they've been sparked by their passions to do so. Um, and we really hope that by sharing these stories of positivity, especially, um, you know, in this day and age where it seems like everything on the news, there's a piece of bad news like every half day. Um, but we're hoping that these short stories of positivity will really inspire you to live a life of purpose and action. Um, and just wanted to share, you know, my purpose is really to share these stories of um, goodness and, um, you know, how people um, open their hearts and open their homes. Um, and that's really actually what we're going to be talking about today. Usually I am here with my co-host, Calvin Moore, but he's not feeling well today. He has a migraine. Um, he said he's going to be listening live. So shout out to Calvin. We're missing you here. Um, and But here with me in the studio is Jess, our sound engineer. Hi. Hi, Jess. And she's making sure that we're on and we're recording and we're on live and, um, you know, everything's going smooth over here. Um, but I am pretty excited today. Um, today we're actually going to be talking about an incredible story, um, a miraculous medical feat, and a story of an individual who really opened her home and her heart. Um, and we um, have her calling in from Chicago. It's uh, and her name is Nancy Swab. Hi, Nancy. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to share your story. Thank you so much for having me. Thank uh, you. Of course. Um, and we are going to be having Dr. Aisha Kadri um, call in in about 15 minutes as well. And um, so just kind of a brief introduction about what we're talking about. Um, so there was a story. So I, um, Aisha and I actually go way back. She's a pediatric anesthesiologist um, in Chicago at uh, Lutheran General Hospital Advocate Children's Hospital. And... Um, and she shared, I mean, all of a sudden, my Facebook page was kind of, um, you know, going crazy with this amazing story um, of this uh, little girl named Dominique 
um, who's a um, nine-month-old uh, baby, really, from Abidjan, uh, the Ivory Coast of West Africa, who came to the United States for medical care through a nonprofit called Children's Medical Missions West. And so she actually had this condition. She was born with this condition called um, – she was born, I guess you would say, a, a parasitic twin um, so, you know, during development in utero, there were, it was a twin pregnancy. Um, but basically it was one baby was born, but she was born with, um, limbs, um, coming, you know, kind of from her back. And if you've seen, any of you guys have seen this, this, the pictures or the, um, story, I mean, it was everywhere on CNN. Um, then it's a very striking, um, picture, beautiful little girl. Um, but obviously with this, um, major significant, um, uh, developmental, um, you know, uh, problem, um, and, uh, could only be fixed obviously surgically. And, um, so basically she was, uh, flew into the United States and, um, she had to go, um, you know, she had to, um, undergo several medical tests and it turned out to be a six hour surgery at Advocate Children's Hospital in Park Ridge, Illinois. And, it was really, you know, there was interviews with um, all the doctors that were involved. So we're super excited to have the chance to talk to Dr. Kadri as part of the medical team. Um, but the other part of that story is, um, you know, with Nancy, um, because she basically in early March um, welcomed nine-month-old baby Dominique um, during her stay um, through, you know, as she was undergoing all the tests and the diagnostic tests um, and leading up to the six-hour surgery um, and really caring for her. Um, in the days after the surgery as well. Um, and so basically, uh, Dominique um, was with the family for uh, nearly three months. And um, and now she's since returned home. She turned one uh, the beginning of May. Um, and right before that, she uh, returned home um, to the Ivory Coast. Um, but a little bit about Nancy. So professionally, she has more than 20 years of experience in business-to-business, corporate and non nonprofit marketing, event planning, and communications. Um, she consults, consults with businesses and nonprofits. And she also serves on the board of Edgebrook School Friends, the parent organization supporting her children's public school. And she and her family, and I think this really speaks to you, and I'm looking forward to getting to know you, Nancy. Um, your family regularly volunteer for the Respiratory Health Association uh, as well as other nonprofits. And they all really prioritize volunteering and giving back to their community when possible. Um, and she lives in Chicago's Edgebrook neighborhood with her husband, Tim, and their daughters, Lena and Mara, ages 15 and 9. So welcome, Nancy. I'm so excited to be able to share your story and Dominique's story. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's, it's such a joyful time to have Dominique with us, so I'm happy to uh, just to tell you more about it. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that um, there was probably a lot of, you know, a lot of... Um, fanfare and everything, especially after the success, you know, after the surgery was deemed a success. Um, and I know that you were, um, you know, giving interviews on um, on uh, CNN. And oh, it looks like Dr. Kadri, um, Aisha is calling in right now, too. So we're going to have her on as well. Great. Is she on? Oh, Aisha. Hello. Okay, not yet. We'll see. Aisha? Okay, well, we'll start um, and then we'll have her call in. But so, Nancy, tell us a little bit about kind of how this became, you know, part of your family story. What happened? How did you first hear about Dominique and what inspired you? How did you, um, you know, decide that this was something that 
you wanted to help with and, and wanted to welcome Dominique into your home during this very challenging, you know, must be scary time for her and her, for her family, really. Right, right. Well, I was um, on Facebook one day in late January, and my friend Kim shared a post from someone else. She didn't have um, an affiliation with Children's Medical Missions West, but she saw a post from someone else. And so it was a picture of a sweet little baby being in her mom's lap. And um, it said a host family needed in the Chicago area for a nine-month-old having surgery. And, um, you know, the mom just looks so lovely and the, the sweet baby's face, it just really spoke to me. And I, I commented back and said, you know, do they have a host family yet? And my friend Kim didn't know. And the others who just kind of reposted it didn't know. They were just sharing it sort of, you know, with their group of friends on Facebook. And so after a couple of days, I decided to contact Children's Medical Mission West directly. And um, the woman said, well, tell me about your family. We were texting on a Sunday night at like nine o'clock PM. And um, Tammy Shobe is the founder. She's the volunteer uh, extraordinaire who started this organization. And so she said, tell me a little bit about your family. And we went back and forth and I sent her some photos and she said, I'll send you an application tomorrow. And you need three letters of recommendation from non-family members. So my husband and I got it together in like 24 hours. I think we asked 10 people because we needed the letters, three letters by the end of the day. And, um, uh, you know, I'm usually not, you know, I, I don't know if impulsive is even the right word, but, you know, I'm kind of a planner. And so when we saw this photo and just within a few days said, let's do it. I don't think I really <clears throat> you know, thought about it all that much. I mean, my kids are nine and 15, so we didn't have a crib or baby things in the house, but for some whatever reason, I thought we can do this. This, this is going to happen and it's all going to be wonderful. And, and we were chosen as the host family. So I posted um, on Facebook that we were having a baby come in five days and, and the community, my neighbors and friends were amazing and dropping off formula and diapers and clothes and a pack and play and a stroller. And, you know, our front hall in our house was filled like five feet high with everything. And I think what you had said earlier, you know, with a lot of bad news in the world and a lot of turbulence and craziness and unrest, you know, this was kind of a shining light of hope and love. And this baby was just so cute. And the picture, people saw the picture that I posted and everybody wanted to be part of this uh, sort of community baby situation. And she was well-loved, Dominique was, before she even arrived. You know, people were so excited to lend a hand. And she arrived, um, by, I think, about this time the Super Bowl started on February 5th. So we were at O'Hare Airport um, awaiting her arrival um, February 5th. And she came with, um, with an escort from American Airline Ambassadors. They're um, a wonderful organization of flight attendants that fly children here and fly them back home for medical care. And they do this on their own time as volunteers and very loving, caring people to uh, comfort children on these long international flights. So that was kind of how it started, how, how it came to be. It was very quick, less than a week for us to prepare for sweet baby Dominique. So. Wow, that is incredible. Um, actually, Aisha, we have you on now, Dr. Kadri. Hi, how are you guys doing? Hi, Aisha. Good. How are you? Good. We're super excited to have you on. I did introduce kind of the story, and I introduced you as well um, as part of you know the medical team and pediatric anesthesiologist, really um, through um, Dominique's um, surgery. 
Um, so I'm super excited to have you on. Thank you so much. And thank you for facilitating, you know, introducing me to Nancy. And I'm so excited to share yeah. your story. Absolutely. I mean, this was a uh, first time for me. And, um, you know, we do everything on a daily basis here at the hospital. And the story that um, was brought to us by the surgeons really caught the eye of a couple of uh, the pediatric anesthesiologists, and we were given the opportunity. And um, a couple of us kind of volunteered, and we had to unfortunately pull a name out of a hat. And I was lucky enough to be the chosen one to help take care of Dominique. And it was truly amazing. You know, we, on a daily basis, take care of kids who are sick and um, have multiple medical problems. And, you know, Dominique's case was different, um, not so much in the medical care that I had to provide, but it was just different in, you know, Nancy's story and how she got her, how everything just kind of fell into place. And like you said earlier, with so much going on in the world right now, this was truly just a light for for me and um, for me to be able to take part in it. Wow. Um, Aisha, can you tell us a little bit about, um, I kind of mentioned it, but tell us a little bit about, you know, truly how like medically complex this case was and just kind of the medical aspect of it. Yeah. So when we were initially introduced to Dominique's case, um, we were told that she um, in utero had a twin and that um, potentially she, the other twin passed and she may have dissolved essentially some of her twin. Um, and so when I got to meet her, I was actually the lucky person who got to meet Nancy and Dominique first because we had to do tons of imaging um, to figure out exactly what was going on. You know, she had these extremities coming off of her back. We weren't sure where the extremities were um perfused from in terms of the circulation from the body? Did, was there, were there other organs inside of her body? Was there other stuff going on? So we had to do MRIs, which were hours and hours and hours long. Nancy had the joy of spending the whole day here. Um, so we had to get tons of MRIs to figure out exactly what was going on um, and um, CT scans to see, you know, at first... It was just Dominique's body with some legs and some, you know, her her bones that uh, came off of the back. But then we realized that there was another bladder. There was ureters mm-hmm. that came off of um, a potential kidney and just a lot of um, coordination that went between the multiple medical fields and multiple conferences that we had to figure out exactly what we were going to do, how we were going to do it in the safest way. Um, so a lot of, of pre-planning that went into it. In terms of um, the surgical plan, they actually created a model of um, Dominique's bone structure, which was truly amazing. Um, maybe I can get a picture and send it to you guys so that you can maybe put it on the, on your website. Um, but it was truly amazing. Her her the bones in her neck didn't really have a lot of bone to protect her spinal cord, which brings me to another point. She actually has two spinal cords that. Um, were in her body, so they weren't sure if they were going to take off these back, um, the back tissue, if that was going to affect any of her actual, um, her own legs and her own um, arms, if that was going to affect her function. So the, I mean, that was probably a couple of weeks of planning before the actual surgery occurred. Um, wow. That's, you know, my my plan. And, and, you know, obviously babies can't sit still for a four-hour MRI, so I was um, there to help anesthetize her and keep her asleep for the procedures beforehand. Oh, wow. Um, 
So Nancy, I mean, it seemed like you mentioned you're kind of a planner, but you decided pretty quickly that this was something that you, this was a way that you wanted to help and you wanted to open your home to Dominique. Um, now you have two daughters, um, fifth, uh, Lena and Mara. Um, and actually, and I was reading, I don't know if you told me or from another article that they're your adopted daughters as well. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How is it for your, I mean, just kind of walk us through that, how you made the decision, but then how that was for your family and you know, you've got a lot going on with a nine-year-old and a teenager in the house and work. How did you do it? (laughs) You know, I I guess, I I don't know how we did it, frankly. You know, you you make time and you make room and you open up your heart and it just kind of works. I mean, we already have, like most families here, um, busy, busy lives and nonstop activities and homework and, you know, sports activities and so forth. And, you know, Dominique became our you know, third daughter for three months. Um, you know, she rode in the back seat when I dropped my girls off at school. Um, she came to sports activities. Um, you know, we had to keep, keep her home to some degree before the surgery because we didn't want to expose her to germs. It was winter time, but you know, people came, it was, you know, uh, I think what was really wonderful for my kids and for my husband and me was just all the love and support that we got from neighbors and friends. And so, you know, people would come over as kind of, uh, you know, um, just helpers, you know, <laughs> like my, uh, my neighbor, Kathleen would come over. She had Tuesday night date night with Dominique and she'd come for a couple hours and we did laundry or did homework in the other room and she played with Dominique a little bit. So, you know, it was just amazing how, uh, you know, this baby got so much love. Dominique was just, you know, so adorable and it helped that she was so charming and wonderful. I mean, despite all, I don't think, I don't think she was in pain. It was hard to tell. I mean, this was her normal to have legs growing out of her back. Um, but she never was, you know, she was just a delightful baby. So, you know, we made, we made room in our home in terms of physical space for her to sleep and play. And we made room in our hearts for her and just, especially my nine-year-old. Oh my God. She was just, since she's the youngest, she doesn't have a younger sibling until Dominique came and she just gave her so much love and, you know, she still says every morning, you know, I miss Dominique. Um, we have one Aww. of her little dresses on my nightstand still every morning and we look at it and look at pictures of her all the time. So I think it, it, it showed my kids, you know, that you can step out of your, your comfort zone, if you will, and, and just take in a child from another country on another continent and, you know, provide love. We thought every day about Dominique's parents and, how much they must miss her and the trust and faith they had to put in all of us, you know, us as host family, doctors, they've never met nurses, you know, it was a big giant leap of faith, but they, they did it. I mean, you know, they're the heroes too, just, you know, seeking this treatment for their child, which probably seemed very monumental. Um, You know, the surgery wasn't able to be done there. And so for them to reach out and, and have this all happen is really pretty amazing. So yeah, wow. it's beautiful, wonderful. Do you communicate with, I mean, how do you communicate with the, the mother and the family? Um, you know, do they, I'm assuming they don't speak English or do they? Or They, they speak French. They The dad speaks a little bit of English. Um, Children's Medical Missions West, during the time that a child is with a host family, they they ask the host family to give updates and send photos and so forth to them, to CMM West. And then they, from Ohio, from their 
headquarters in Ohio. It's the woman's home. I shouldn't say headquarters. The, the founder of Children's Medical Mission Trust then sends the information to a local liaison in the country. So in Dominique's case, it was um, Ivory Coast. And they have kids from Burkina Faso and other countries around the world. Um, so the liaison then took what I wrote and photos I sent and translated them into French and gave updates to the family. So I was sending a lot of updates the day of the surgery, like every hour, you know, to give them updates. Um, and since Dominique uh, returned, we packed as many things as we could into a little carry-on. That was all that was allowed. And one of the things that we packed was an iPhone four, an iPhone four. And Dad unpacked it, and within a day, he contacted us. <clears throat> so we send a lot of photos. We've had some video chats, for which I'm so grateful. Um, and so we do a lot of waving and saying hello, but we don't speak each other's language. It's kind of cute, but you know, we kind of walk around the home and show things and it's really special, even though we can't speak each other's language. Um, you know, we get to see Dominique, we sing songs to her and, uh, it's very, very exciting. And so it's, it's great to see that she's back and she's good. And, you know, he sent photos that that we see, oh my gosh, she's wearing the clothes that we sent, or, you know, she's using the toothbrush we sent. It's all like very sweet and wonderful. So it didn't just end when she returned. We get to see her and I hope that that communication continues forever and maybe we'll go and visit her in person. So it's a bond I think we'll have forever. Wow, I think so. Very cool. So Aisha, you um, talk about so you spent a lot of time with her, um, you know, and I don't think a lot of people realize this. First of all, Aisha is an amazing pediatric anesthesiologist. Um, she has a way, she's always had a way with kids, but she has a, I know that um, friends and family that, you know, have had to have their kids um, go through procedures always talk about how you have a way of setting, of putting parents to ease and helping kids put them to ease. Um, and I don't think a lot of people realize, and I, I would say this, I say this because, um, you know, and you know, but my dad's an anesthesiologist. He wanted me to be a pediatric anesthesiologist, actually. Um, people don't realize the significant role that um, the anesthesiologists um, play in, um, in you know, in operations and all of this and that, um, and even the care in pre-op. And so that's why it sounds like um, you spent a lot of time with her before. I didn't even realize that. So that was hours, you know, during the MRIs that you were providing care and um, as well, correct? Yeah, I mean, we spent, I mean, Dominique, I mean, she was in the MRI scanner, but we spent tons of time before I, and I actually got to, got to know Nancy a little bit before um, the actual procedure day. So it was just really nice. And I think mm-hmm. that um, this, you know, yes, the medical um, care that she got was, was great and they did great things for her. And that's, you know, what's focused. But I, for me, um, what really stood out was that Nancy and her family within a week opened their homes to this child and their lives to this whole new world. And you don't see very many people like that these days. And, um, that's what sticks out to me. And, and for me, I mean, I'm happy to say that I friends with Nancy and that, you know, I'll be able to communicate with her to find out what exactly happens with Dominique. Um, but I think that that's something that really isn't, um, focused on as much as that she, her whole family, put their lives on hold essentially um, to help care for this. And, you know, God bless them for that. Wow. You, you are much too kind. You are much too kind. I, I will. <laughs> oh my goodness. I miss seeing you all the time. I, I mean, know. There was one, one day that was, I think six hours, one day was 12 hours, you know, in terms of the scans and the testing and so forth. 
And, um, you know, in addition to missing sweet Dominique herself, I missed my hospital experience. I mean, it was so great. I, you provided so much comfort and warmth, you know, and just telling us, you know, how this procedure would go and, you know, how long it would take. And, you know, you really have a wonderful way with families. And so yeah. it was uh, I mean, I tell really people wonderful. When, when it comes to my job, like, I thank God that I really do look forward to what I do. I mean, I, I feel that when I come to work, I'm essentially a mom at work and then I'm a mom at home. Um, you know, I, it, it brings me joy to be able to take these children who, whose parents are completely terrified that they're going to have to let go of their children for, you know, so for God knows how long, sometimes it's short, sometimes it's longer, but it, you know, I always tell the parents, I go, I'm going to be taking your child. I'll take care of them like they're my own and give them back to you better. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's always been my goal. And I think that a lot of pediatric anesthesiologists um, look at it like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Nancy, I mean, also, I think what you really describe is, um, what I'm getting, I'm getting the sense that the, the whole community was involved. Um, you describe people dropping off, you know, um, cribs and strollers and bassinets, um, and then people helping you throughout the week. Um, it really sounds like it was also that you really helped inspire the whole community. I think to help, you know, watch over and and welcome and embrace and take care of Dominique. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've learned uh, through this experience and maybe a couple other times prior with volunteering that, you know, sometimes people want to help and they don't always know what to do. And, um, you know, I thought, Oh, I don't want to be too presumptuous and ask for help, but it seemed just, it just felt right. I I wasn't asking for help for myself. I was asking for Dominique. And so to list things, you know, Similac formula, because I think the hospital said, what, what formula are you going to use? I'm like, well, how about Similac? I use that for my kids. <laughs> so, you know, we needed these bottles and we needed this Similac and this size diaper and, you know, clothes this size. And people were like, oh my gosh. I mean, I think I posted it on Facebook and within probably 40 minutes, someone knocked on my door with this giant box of diapers. And then 10 minutes later, someone else came and granted this was you know, January. So it was, you know, winter time. Um, you know, somebody saw it on, somebody saw my post on their phone and they were at target and they picked up, you know, uh, bottles and it was just really, really amazing. And I think, um, even now, you know, I was at a community event like a week ago and people are like, how's Dominique doing? You know, cause it was, mm. I think they felt good. People want to, I don't know, they want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And so, you know, helping with Dominique and learning about life in the Ivory Coast and learning about, oh my gosh, what's a parasitic twin? I never heard of this. You know, it was so rare. And just Dominique was so, um, you know, charming and lively. I posted videos of her, um, you know, during her stay here and she provided a lot of entertainment because she was so cute. You know, I remember um, when she had her surgery, I, I put a photo album together and brought it in the hospital to the hospital because they said I wanted you know, the staff, the nurses and doctors to see her smiling because, you know, she was having surgery. And so she was coming out of anesthesia and, you know, kind of swollen and tubes in her nose and so forth. And you couldn't see how wonderful and spirited she was. So I'm like, here are the pictures to prove it. (laughs) And just, I mean, some of the nurses have come to my house, you know, since then to see how she was doing. And 
it was just really an amazing um, experience altogether. And I hope maybe one day we can, we can go to Ivory Coast and see, you know, how she's doing. And, and I learned a lot about CT scans and MRIs and, you know, um, like you had mentioned, you know, the 3D model of her back, um, you know, to really be fully prepared for the surgery. It was just an amazing team effort by everyone involved at the hospital. And, and we felt very cared for. So, yeah, it's just something that will always be a wonderful part of our lives, that's for sure, and the community too. Wow, and I can't even imagine yeah. um, the recovery. How was the recovery like, and um, you know, after this major um, procedure, this major operation? Um, what was the recovery like yeah. for Dominique, and how did that impact you? I mean, how did you, you know, uh, help care for um, her? Well, her sur- yeah, her surgery was on March 8th, and she was discharged. It was a Wednesday, and she was discharged on Monday the 13th. It was really amazing. I guess babies just must bounce back quickly. You know, she was, her face was puffy after the surgery. All the, all the nurses said, you know, that's normal. And you see tubes and leads and stuff all over her. And so what happens after surgery is one by one, those things come off or come out, you know, so don't be too alarmed. And that was, that was part of, um, you know, I guess my role in it, communicating to the family through the liaisons, you know, here are some photos, but don't be alarmed. She's not in critical condition, but you know, if you don't know what someone looks like after surgery, it's kind of frightening. And here's the parents, you know, in another country, you know, seeing these photos. So, um, you know, one by one things came out and she, you know, the swelling went down and she was turned over every couple hours. Um, and the day after surgery, this was amazing. She, uh, occupational therapy and physical therapy came in and, um, sat her up in her hospital bed. Um, and she had great balance. The doctors were looking for movement in her fingers and her toes. Cause I guess there was some chance of paralysis. You know, they were removing something from her back that was, you know, near her spinal column. And so, you know, the doctors would come in and see a little movement for her fingers and her toes and were very excited. She was, I think by, let's see, the surgery was Wednesday, <coughs> Thursday, maybe Thursday night or Friday morning. She was sticking her tongue out and kind of had that twinkle in her eye again. We used to stick our tongues out at each other. and That was kind of our little silliness. And so I thought, she's back. You know, when she did that, that was kind of, you know, that was her way of communicating. Um, and so she, she touched my hand and, you know, kind of had that connection. So it's just a couple of days and we, we walked down, I held her and we walked down to the playroom on that floor, I think on Sunday, and she was discharged from pediatric intensive care on Sunday, late morning. So certain this major surgery on Wednesday and by Sunday, she was, you know, in a regular room and discharged on Monday. So it was, uh, I think I used Tylenol twice when she came home. I mean, wow. she was, you know, that's amazing. It was not, you know, just had to watch for pain and, and she seemed great. Yeah. It was really miraculous. Wow. Say. That, that yeah. is, I mean, that's re- truly amazing. I think a lot of that, well, a few things that is kind of a perfect age. I love babies in that age. It's like, they're kind of too small to be running around and, you know, <laughs> havoc everywhere, but I know. exactly their personality is right. starting to shine through and, what a so that I mean obviously that was kind of an optimal time. Um, I'm assuming they wanted to get the surgery done before the age of one or you know before she got mm-hmm. too big. Um, but it also speaks this whole thing speaks right. to the power of social media. So it, um, 
you mentioned that you first heard about this um, through social media, right? That there was this opportunity. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so then, Facebook. yeah. So, you know, for all the, ne- again, negativity and, um, you know, we're always complaining about our kids being on uh, devices too much. There is a lot of positive, um, you know, positive aspects of social media and getting the word out for these kind of, for something so amazing as this. Um, so I guess mm-hmm. looking back, how would you both of you say that this experience kind of um, left an impact on you and how did it change you? Do you want to go first? Do you want to? I was going Nancy. Um, it doesn't matter. For me, it, you know, in terms of what I provided medically, to be honest, it's, it was just another day at work. Um, people would say, I can't believe you did that case. But honestly, it was just, it was another case. That's, that's kind of how I looked at it. In terms of the whole, you know, experience, I think I, I keep saying this, what really stuck out to me was that, you know, we need more people in this world like Nancy. And, and, you know, I, I went home and I talked to my husband about it. I was like, wouldn't that be amazing for us to do that? Um, of course he was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, we get so stuck in our lives and in our little bubbles of our families that we forget that we can open up our lives. And like Nancy said, our hearts to other people and, and help change their lives in such a way um, like Nancy did. I mean, that's really wow. what was that stuck home for me. Wow. Yeah, for You're sure. much too kind. You're much too kind. Um, no, it's totally true. <laughs> you are, you are, you are. <laughs> um, oh, gosh, there's so many things. I think one thing. Or you can pick a few. You know, our, our older. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I think today my 15-year-old, you know, 15-year-olds are funny. They're high school crazy kids. And. Um, my daughter said that she, she said, guess what I'm doing my final, um, presentation on and presentation speaking. I'm like, I have no idea. What is it? And she said, how, um, volunteering can improve your health. And I'm like, wow. really? Wow. Cause you know, I think my nine-year-old was more expressive and communicative during the time that Dominique was here. Cause she's, you know, just a, a younger child and so on. And so, um, you know, I think impacting my older one that, you know, she did some research and has some, you know, facts and figures about um, medically how, you know, your, your blood pressure goes down. I'm not really sure what her final uh, presentation speech was, but, you know, basically about how volunteering can improve your health and your life and so forth. And so that was one part of it was just, you know, step outside your comfort zone, reach out and, you know, and do something that is meaningful. And, uh, you know, and the other part was just, uh, I think this was really impactful to me. It was just, um, even though I've never eaten, I'm going to cry. I never even met Dominique's mom, but I felt that we were doing this as much for Dominique as we were for her family that just, you know, reached out to an organization, um, you know, in another country on another continent that was going to help their child. And, you know, we don't often think as Americans that we have to go somewhere else for great medical care or for, you know, something that is, um, you know, highly technical. Um, But when you live in a place that, you know, possibly this kind of surgery or procedure couldn't happen, you've got to reach out and, 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 and get that help from somewhere else. And so I think just having all the pieces in place, the 
the nonprofit organizations, the doctors in the hospital. I mean, great um, kudos to Advocate Children's Hospital for taking this on and for the doctors who take it on um, and the, the flight attendants who brought her here and, you know, the community that came together. So I think, you know, all in all, just kind of the community that helped and, and mostly the, the family that just put their trust in us. You know, that kind of humbles me um, beyond belief to think, wow, this baby's in my house and she's sleeping in a little pack and play four feet from my bed. And, you know, her mom is going to sleep hoping that she's okay and she's being loved. And so for us to, to be those parents for a couple months to her was just um, such an honor. So I think about her family all the time. And I think that's why we'll have such a bond forever, just because it was such an intense time and such a big life-changing surgery for this sweet little girl. I think she's going to have an amazing life. So that was, that wow. was my, wow, my what impact, an I think. Amazing story, beautiful yeah. story, and just um, an example for all of us to, I mean, exactly. It's like you, it's really easy to kind of get busy with the day-to-day and, you know, Monday is soccer practice, Tuesday is this, Wednesday we got this due. Um, but wow, that's really cool that your um, that your teenager is writing about that because um, what an amazing lesson to impart at such a young age for both of your daughters. Um, and it mm-hmm. sounds like, you know, this is something that you've kind of lived by, um, you know, activism and volunteering and helping those um, that really need help. Um, but then for your daughters really to have that, to live it um, and have you as an example, but then also be a part of it. Um, that's really powerful. That's really amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm glad we could all do it together. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. And um, now she actually, um, just to backtrack, she went back, when was it? End of April? Um, April 19th. Well, she, okay. she arrived April 20th. Okay. Back, back at home. home. Okay. Yeah. And, and then she, um, she turned May, um, turned one on May 13th. And we actually had a little party for her at the hospital. Um, I think, a week or two before she left, we're like, Oh my gosh, she's turning one. We have to celebrate too. So we had our own little party and then um, they had a big celebration too there. So we received photos from them um, via Facebook. So she had two big birthday celebrations. She saw her first snow, uh, like I think the day after she got home from the hospital after surgery, Uh, we had that one snow in Chicago (laughs) and then it melted. She got her first two teeth here and, you know, sat up and, you know, started to pull up to stand. And so we got to see some, some cool things from her. Well, yeah, she was here three months is a, you know, that's a significant time for an infant, for a baby, uh, less than a year old, a lot can happen in three months. Right. 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 Lots of changes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you for letting us talk about her. She's pretty amazing. Well, thank you both so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much, Nancy. I mean, again, you're such an example and, um, I'm really um, honored to have this opportunity to share your story again so that we can, you know, really the purpose is, is to inspire others to, um, you know, to um, to kind of think outside, uh, you know, out of their bubble and, um, you know, really try to live a life of purpose and action and kind of reflect, but also um, try to leave an impact in whatever unique way we all can. So thank you both so mm-hmm. much, Aisha and Nancy. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy to share your story. 
Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Thanks oh, for having welcome. us. You're welcome. And share, and I'll have this post up soon. You'll be able to share it. But like our Facebook page, um, share, listen, leave a review. Um, you know, listen back. We've had really incredible um, guests um, the past few weeks since we started this project. Um, so I'm super excited again to add your voices to this. And, um, and you know, just we'll be here next week with another inspiring story. Thank you so much for our live listeners. And we'll have uh, this episode up soon. And we'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>